Hey, welcome into the Coach Bo Knows Podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at Coach Bono Show. You can check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bono Show. You'll find us there. And you can email us anytime at Coach Bono Show at gmail.com. This is episode 66.5. And as always on the Point Five Pod, I'm joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind, and now a teenager living in the house. My co-host, Ellen Wingenter. Ellen, how are you today? I'm doing all right, Bo. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. It was nice. Good. It was very uneventful. How about you? You traveled. Yeah, we went up to Chicago. I uh, learned that both Denver and O'Hare have huge extensions that you have to walk very far for Southwest. Mm-hmm. So uh, to those that may be traveling to Denver or O'Hare on Southwest, just be prepared to walk. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, uh, I do fly southwest of Chicago from Kansas City. We usually fly in the Midway. So they just started flying to O'Hare within yeah. the last year. And yeah, I saw that because we went to a thing up in up by the airport a couple, a few months ago. And we thought about that. I was like, well, if I'm going to already be in that area, just fly to O'Hare. But then it was much more expensive, too. Well, I they have fewer flights going out of there, yeah. and that's probably part of it. Um, oh, yeah. I, yeah, we were up in the northern suburbs, so it made sense yeah. to kind of stick to Absolutely. that area. But good trip. Good trip. Good trip. Nobody got any fights, arguments, anything like that? No fights, lots of drinking, good food, lots of walking, and great, great weather given the time of year. So, yeah, we uh, we had, you know, we hosted this year. So yep. everyone came in, everybody showed up a little bit late, which is always nice. Yeah, we ate. Everyone left. We had everybody out the house by five o'clock. I think Uncle Rico was still around. Uncle Rico That's came awesome. by. He stayed for a little bit. You know, he's always welcome to stay. So he sure. stayed for a while, and then after he left, it was you know football and 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 naps and everything else. And the house was cleaned up already. And everyone left. I loved it. It was great. Perfect. Glad we made the Republicans sit at the kids' table. That's how we. <laughs> that's how we avoided the. Uh, we made we made all the right wing nut jobs from the families uh, go sit at their own table. That way, we had no arguments between rational people and those unrational people. There you go. Good choice. Actually, I joke when I say that we actually had a really good. Nobody said anything political. It was kind of nice. Good. Oh so, yeah. Oh thank God for that. I didn't want to have to school people. Yeah. No, that would be bad. Yeah. Hey, we got a lot on the plate today. And nothing, look, this is not going to be the place to come this, this episode for if you want deep analysis on anything. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to hit a bunch of points and we're going to get in and out. Did you listen to the Monday podcast yet? I did not. It's been a hectic week yeah. and I haven't had a chance yeah. to. I ha- I've had a practice. We did not have, we had our regular, uh, it came on Tuesday instead of Monday. Uh, Uncle Rico wasn't in. I wasn't feeling good Monday night, so I did it Tuesday into Coach Bo Rants, and I uh, went hard in the paint after my New Orleans Saints. Mm. So I'm not going to talk about them here because if you want to hear what I think about the Saints and everything going on, go back to the podcast, episode 66. you hear me rant about it for a few minutes. I'm sick of Andy Dalton. Uh, I wish he'd been the one hit by lightning. <laughs> Do you see the Drew Brees thing yet? I haven't watched it, but I know it exists. 
Yeah, it's it's totally fake. It's oh, absolutely, uh, of course it is. I just, I just wish that I just wish they'd, uh, you know, it's like um, wish they'd have got Andy Dalton with a bolt of lightning or something, you know. Give him the power of Thor. Give him something. He's awesome. I, I want to jump around. I want to start. This is, if not the most important week, the second most important week in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, we are at championship week. Mm-hmm. And we've got a whole lot going on, so we're going to get into it here. Um, we've got all the conference championship games. We've got a, um, a couple of things last week happened now. We've got LSU lost to Texas A&M, which now makes the SEC championship game absolutely meaningless, which for someone like me, one, I'm disappointed in my LSU Tigers, but also, two, I'm disappointed in the fact that the game's meaningless. If LSU beats Georgia, they're not getting in the playoff, and Georgia's still going to get in. Right. So it's one of those that it just, it just basically null and voids that game. But we do have a few things to talk about. The new top four is out. Georgia remained number one. Michigan is number two after Michigan just walloped Ohio State. It was a, it was a fun game to watch. Unbelievable. Now, I've been saying for the season, if you listen, I'm on Tyler Jones' pod, he'll ask me almost every week about Michigan and what I think. And I'm like, look, this team does the same thing every week. Uh-huh. The game is close. It's close at halftime. And in the second half, their linemen are just better than everybody else's. They move you around and they run the football. Yeah. We had a 65 and 75 yard touchdown runs in the fourth quarter and put that game away. Yeah. They've done it everybody. They're the second best team in the country. Yeah. I mean, regardless of the weakness of their schedule, they're continuing yeah. to prove top notch. Yeah, that was a point Tyler made, which I didn't think was an unfair point. He's like, look, they, they haven't really beaten anybody. They just thumped Ohio State. They did, and we'll see what Saturday night brings, and because yeah. you never know what Purdue's going to do. So yeah, but I, I expect that Michigan's going to do the same thing to Purdue that they've done to everybody in the Big, Big Ten this year. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be close. It'll be close at halftime. It'll be close in the third quarter, and midway through the third quarter, it's going to be, oh shit, Purdue's going to make a turn. I'm going to have a turnover like everyone else does that defense, right. and then Michigan's just going to keep running the ball shortens the game and then they just blow you out it's amazing tcu in the top four tcu is playing in the big 12 championship game against kansas state k-state win or lose is going to the is going to the sugar bowl yeah so um it was going to be looks like k-state against lsu now it's like it's going to be k-state versus alabama um no fun yeah i'm not going to that Oh, I wouldn't either, but I have decided I am protesting LSU's bowl game. No matter what that bowl game is, after losing the Texas AM, I will not be attending. Fair enough. This is the game. There's two of those championship games that they're gonna be really good. This is one of them. K-State played Texas, uh, played TCU earlier in the season. TCU beat them by three. Um K-State's offense has gotten better and better and better every week. Yeah. I was not a believer in this team. I wasn't for a very long time uh, when they switched quarterbacks. When Adrian Martinez got hurt, they brought in Will. Uh, what's his name now? Now it's bothering me. Oh, damn it. Shields? Will Howard. Will Howard. Howard. Yeah. And he's been phenomenal. He's been great. And 
he's been in, they have been running up the points on people. You know, they they scored 48 against Ohio, against Oklahoma State. Uh, in that loss against Texas, they scored 27. 31 against Baylor, who has a good defense. 48 at West Virginia. And they just beat up KU 47-27 in a yep. game that was never close. Um, I really think K-State has a chance in this game. I do, too. I actually uh, think that they'll win. Yeah, I, I, I picked K-State plus the points. Um, and I do think K State can win this game. I'm I taking them straight. I took him straight up on the money line. Did you? So yeah. I have my question. If TCU loses, do they fall out of the playoff? No. Do you put Ohio State ahead of them? Or can you? So I think it would depend on the outcome of the game against Purdue. I think TCU. If they lose in the championship game, it's going to be really hard to deny a one-loss team that has beat so many good teams in the Big 12. Okay. I think it's going to be interesting. I think TCU has to win to be in. I think if TCU play goes out and is flat against K-State, I mm. think that's going to be enough for the playoff committee to say, Ohio State has the one loss to Michigan and put, put the Ohio State in. They also want the bigger names, frankly. And TCU sure. isn't that. But now, TCU does have a chance. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. You, you no, no. And, and maybe it'll be different. What is it, next year or the year after where they expand the playoffs? Yeah, 2024. That, that's official now. Okay. That, you know. Mm what they do is what they do for the next couple of years, just to get those numbers and all that kind of thing, knowing that it's expanding out and they're going to have more flexibility. So you might have a a good point in that. I just don't know how much of it, that decision is driven by um, ratings, but then again, they all want money. So it doesn't really matter. (laughs) I think we have this interesting thing because we've got two teams we know are in. Win or lose, Michigan and Georgia are in. Yeah. Then you have TCU and USC. USC is playing Utah in the Big Big 12 championship game. That's tonight. That's Friday night. So by the time some of you hear this, that game will already be played. Utah is the only team that beat USC this year. Mm -hmm. And if you know about it, it was 43-42. Utah came down on the last possession of the game, scored a touchdown, and in lieu of kicking an extra point to go to overtime, went for two with time running out, made the two-point conversion, time was out, won the game. Yeah. Ballsy call by the coaching staff there. And they did it because they were in a 42-42 game if you kick a field goal. What are you doing? So I I like it because it's a chance to win the game. And that's what Utah did. USC, on the other hand, I think they also have to win. Because if they lose, they'll have two losses. I think Ohio State moves ahead there. So So I think that makes a little bit more sense. Um, I don't know. To me, the Pac-12 has been a little sketchy. USC has played a little bit better non-con schedule, which might tilt in their favor even if they lose. Um, But this game right now is – spreads two and a half for USC. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if it actually goes down before kickoff tonight. Well, I think that, I mean, Utah is, and USC usually gets a little, usually have to give up a little more points wise. A lot of bets go in on USC uh, because it's closer to Vegas and a lot of USC people go into Vegas to bet. Um, But I'm looking at USC schedule real quick and I was like, okay, they have the loss to Utah. And we know how that was. That was very, I don't want to call it circumstantial, but it's the same thing as if you're arguing about Alabama right now. Same thing happened to them against LSU. Yeah. It's one of those you can't really fight the argument. It's a good argument. And then if you look at best wins, USC has two better wins than Ohio State does. And they have two better wins than TCU does. Okay. They beat UCLA and Notre Dame back-to-back, and they've scored 48 and 38 points. Well, and that that UCLA game was a track meet. Yes, and they won, and they, and they won it with their defense at the end of the game. Yeah. The interception. Yeah. It, the thing that hurts USC and why I don't think USC's are, I don't think they're the best team, but I think they're not going to have a chance against Georgia, is they can score a lot of points, but they can't stop a nosebleed. They give up just as many points as they yeah. score, right? They're going to get in shootouts. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I did watch that Notre Dame USC game, parts of it, because it was on the same mm-hmm. time as the LSU game, but. Um, Caleb Williams won himself a Heisman in that game. Yeah. He's the overwhelming favorite now. Uh, he's going to be the Heisman winner. Uh, we'll know that next week when they announce it. So, but I think that you know what's too bad on the Ohio State thing is that CJ Stroud had three chances this year to go out and win a Heisman trophy. Yeah, and he didn't do it all three times. He had a chance against Michigan, he had a chance in that rain soaked game late against Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Where they could have just come out and if they'd have played great in the fourth quarter, they would have, they would have, he'd had a great chance. Um, they just, and I don't like, you know, me, I don't like criticizing college players, but I feel bad for the young man. I think he's a hell of a player. He'll be a great pro, I think. But he had he a chance three will. times, and he's been the guy that I've said all season I would vote for with CJ well, Stroud. And he, he was out front in preseason that everyone yeah. just assumed that he would be the one. Yeah. And then, but he fended off Hendon Hooker. He fended off Bryce Young, and in the end, Caleb Williams just came and got it, took it from yeah. him. So we'll talk more about that next week when we talk about the Heisman and they announce the finalists for this weekend. For sure. Um, but yeah, I think Championship League will be interesting. We've got there's some interesting game. I think USC Utah is going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I suspect this is going to be close. I do like USC, but I would I would. If this game were at Utah, I would pick Utah. I can see that. It's going to, I mean, it's interesting that they're playing it in Vegas. Yeah, um, yeah. They're playing at the Raiders facility, I believe. Yes, so, absolutely. you know, they're going to have a huge crowd. And like you said, yeah. four hour drive from LA to Vegas. So there's going to yeah. be a lot of kids who are coming in to have uh-huh. a weekend uh, in Vegas. Yep. So, um, yeah. And I think that, that I, think, I think being inside is going to make it a fast track for that offense. Yep. Yep. I would love Utah's defense if they were in Utah and it was cold and shitty outside. That's exactly what you'd need if you're Utah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. I think those are interesting ones. 
I'm not even going to worry about the ACC championship. That's the frauds and Clemson playing against North Carolina. Um, I'm not even going to watch that game on Saturday night. I have no interest in that at all. The one I have the most interest in, you know, you already looked up and you know, the American Conference. I've been waiting for the green wave coming on. The American Conference, UCF at Tulane. Winner wins the American Conference and will be the highest rated non-Power 5 school, which means they get a New Year's Six Bowl. And now you know where you'll spend your New Year's Day since you uh, said that you would go to Tulane's bowl game. Yeah, I have made the decision if – now, I'll, I'll, we're going to get into this because there's a story to all this now. Okay. Tulane, if they beat UCF, it looks like it will be Tulane at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas against okay. Penn State. The winner of this game is playing Penn State in the Cotton Bowl. I'll go to this. Now, I was very upset last Sunday. Tulane obviously won last week. It was exciting. They beat the hell out of Cincinnati last week. And I was like, all right, we got this. And Sunday afternoon, a story broke. It was all over Twitter, all over the internet, that Willie Fritz, the coach at Tulane, was leaving to go to Georgia Tech. Oh, that's a bummer. And it was... Coach Fritz is gone. They've already worked out the money. It's this and this and that. Well, it turns out the way the story goes was, yes, Willie Fritz was going to accept the head coaching job at Georgia Tech. He asked for three things. He asked for a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. He agreed to the money. He asked for, uh, it was going to be like a six-year deal. and He wanted three years of it guaranteed. They agreed to that. And then he said, I want to coach Tulane this weekend. And I want to coach Tulane's bowl game. And Georgia Tech said no. He said, okay, guarantee the rest of my contract. The two games that you want me to skip out on these two games, uh-huh. you're going to make my six-year guarantees. Okay. Georgia Tech said no. He said, this is not negotiable. He pulled out, pulled his name from, from review, Georgia Tech hired hired their interim coach to be the new head coach. Well, good for him for standing his ground. Yeah, he was not. He he did not want to leave his Tulane guys behind for these two games. It's to him, it was too important. And and, you know, I mean, I I like Tulane's New Orleans team. That's where I'm from. But the big thing is, this is a team that was two and ten a year ago. Yeah, they're ten and two. They're the highest rated team, not in a Power Five conference. And if they can beat UCF, which they lost to USC, US UCF two, three weeks ago, if they can beat them this time, they get to go to the biggest bowl game they've ever been to. And you uh, know that those folks will travel. Yeah. They sold out the game at Yulman Stadium in two hours. That's awesome. I hope that they uh, win. I hope they do too. And they lost to UCF three weeks ago, and UCF just came out and just hit them hard in the first yeah. quarter. They got like 24 points in the first quarter, and it was just – Tulane was trying to drag their way back in. And from the middle of the second quarter to the end of the game, Tulane completely outplayed them. But they were too big of a hole to get back in the game. Yeah. So it's going to come down to that first half. This is the best defense in Tulane's defense versus the, the conference's best offense in UCF. Mm-hmm. So. And this is UCF's um, 
chance to go to a bowl to a big bowl game because if they beat Tulane, then they will be the highest rated non-power five team. Right, they will get that bowl game. So, yeah, we're thinking about. Uh, let's say we, I, am thinking <laughs> about going to that game in Dallas. Talk to Tyler Jones. I'll be staying at his place if I do. Hey, why not? Yeah, don't have to pay for any hotels. He might even go with me to the game. There you go. I'm looking forward to that one. That's Saturday afternoon. We got so we got a good weekend of sports. We got Friday night Utah USC. Mm-hmm. Then we got Team USA 9 a.m. Central Time, so at 8 a.m. your time. Yep. On Saturday, and we're gonna talk about that next. Okay. And then TCU K State is the early game at 11 a.m. here, so it's 10 a.m. your time. Which and is excellent. Okay. LSU Georgia with UCF and Tulane at the same time. That's the afternoon games. And then you have Purdue, Michigan, Clemson, North Carolina. All Those right. Evening games. It's, it's late. So we got some games here. Have you gotten caught up in the whole USA, Team USA, and the World Cup stuff? I have been watching a shit ton of World Cup since it started. Okay. I, I watched the opening match. I've been watching as much as I can. Um, Watch some on Telemundo to avoid Fox because they're pandering to Qatar. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. I watched the South Korea game this morning, and it was fantastic. <laughs> a lot of fun that they got uh, a goal in the you know injury extra time after yeah. full time to uh, win and go forward. So it's there's been some fun upsets, and yeah. we'll see. Christian um, says that he's playing tomorrow. He feels good. He took that yeah. huge shot in the game the other day uh, mm-hmm. as he scored Pusilic, uh, as he scored that goal. And so we'll see. Uh, I mean, it's now winner go home, just mm-hmm. like it was against Iran. So it's fun. I enjoy this stuff. I enjoy watching yeah. soccer. I know people find it boring. Um, I have a friend of mine who's just like, wait until basketball starts. It's much more entertaining. And I'm just like, okay, I know you're a hockey guy, but this is cool. (laughs) I I used to be like full-on anti-soccer. I was for years. I was just full-on anti-soccer. This shit's boring. It's a bunch of little guys running around all the time. And I think it was the last World Cup where I changed my mind. Okay. I watched, and I'll tell you what got me into it. I'm not like a huge, I have not watched nearly as much as you have. I've watched when America's played, and I've watched a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But what gets me is the crowd. The way the crowds are brings yeah. you into that game, that atmosphere. Um, that's not something, like, it's why I like college sports in America. It's why I like college football a little more than the NFL so, even sometimes, because if you go to an NFL game, there's certain examples like Arrowhead and New Orleans and a couple in Seattle that have great crowds. But for the most mm-hmm. part, they're very corporate. It's very, it's not very loud. It's sterile. It, it, it's well put, well put. Um, but college crowds aren't like that. No. You know, especially where I'm from in the, in the SEC country, everyone's rowdy in the game. And that's what this kind of reminds me of, and there's some patriotism to it, everything else, but that's what I really have gotten into. I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't get to watch all the last game against Iran. I got to watch 
maybe half of the the, the second half of the game plus no. time. So and uh, but it was great, and I've had to get to get over the fact that there's not high scoring. You know that there is some strategy to it. It's not just little guys running around. No. I think the one big thing why it hasn't caught on in America, though, is at that level, in all these countries, those are the best athletes. In a lot of them, yes. In, in, a, lot, in a lot of the really good power countries, in the, the Brazils, the Spains, the UK, those are the best. I mean, if we took our best athletes in America and had them all soccer players, wow, we'd be a fucking great team. No, I mean, that is the thing. Yeah. U.S. soccer has lagged behind the yeah. world since the dawn of us putting a national team together. Yeah. And, and until or unless we can perform, regardless of the fact that our women's national team has won the World Cup, how yes. many times? Yeah. And the Olympic gold medal, how many yeah. times? It's yeah. The measure is still the men's team, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. And that sucks because I think the women's team, that's also what got me into a little bit of it too, is that they've been exciting and they are the best athletes. They are. They're fantastic. And, and I think it's yeah. it's really good relative to the men's development. You know, a lot of them are playing in the Premier League or Champions League and they're yeah. playing over in Europe against the top-notch talent. And even the, the guys who are playing – in major league soccer in the MLS here in the States, because you get European players playing over here too. Our domestic level of competition has finally started to get toward where some of these European leagues are. And that's going to be where everyone makes their bones. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed the more of it that I've seen, the more I've liked it in, and and this is something that get me going. I do agree with you on the sentiment also of watching it on Fox. That has been a little bit of an issue mm. to me with the guitar thing, but I just kind of just kind of tuned it out. It is what yeah. it is. It'll be more exciting. I did say, you know, the next World Cup's here in, in America. Yep. And we're blessed in Kansas City. We're getting World Cup games in Kansas City at Arrowhead. Yep. I don't care who the game is. I'm going. It should be amazing. Yeah. I don't. And I believe what, Denver is I'm one of the go. sites I, too. What's that? I believe Denver is one of the sites too. I think you're right, and it's one of those. Well, I'm going to go because I want to see this, and yeah. it's like that sports bucket list. We all kind of make yep. a sports sports fans like you and I have our bucket list of things we want to see. Yeah, you know, I've been to I've been to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. I've been to. Um, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. I've been to Home Run Derby. Uh, I've not been to a Super Bowl yet. I haven't been to a Final Four. I know a lot of people who have. Uh, but I've been to the Masters. Right. But I've, I've a World Cup game would be in that for me. Yeah, World it's Cup just like the Ryder Cup, right? It's yeah. kind of one of those things that happens every few years that uh-huh. just is the top of the top. Yeah, it's also like um, you may not be into racing sports, and I'm certainly not a big racing sports person, but I've been to the Indianapolis 500, which was fucking incredible to go to. And Indy, Talladega. Yeah, uh, the Daytona 500 is one I'd love to go to. Yep. It is because it's that it's that one event, and there's, there's so much to it. So I've got my bucket list of stuff. I mean, and, and so some of us here in America, it's things like, well, going to Wrigley Field or Fenway Park, which we've mm-hmm. got both of those. 
you know, so that's kind of cool. But the big events, and I think that's what I really like. That's what's drawn me in on this World Cup more than ever before. Yeah, is that yeah. it seems like a big deal. The crowds are getting into it, and that the one thing I will say about Fox's broadcast is they make you feel that. Yes, they do, and that was the great thing about once South Korea. Yeah, once South Korea scored in extra time um, against Portugal, you just they would pan into the crowd and you would see everyone screaming and yelling and people crying and yeah. you know all this sense of just overwhelming um, excitement for beating Portugal because South Korea had to win the game against Portugal to go to the knockout round. And they also had to have Uruguay not quite do enough and Uruguay failed to do so. So um, Uruguay, Uruguay, sorry. (laughs) Boy, say that because it's quoting a movie. Go ahead. Um, I, I, I will continue to be as gracious as our American men's players oh with corrections. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was so much fun to see just how excited people were. And, you know, I, the likelihood of you of the U S winning tomorrow is pretty low, yeah. but if they win, I really hope the fans show out. Yeah. Uh, you said something kind of in passing when I did the correction on the Uruguay, you kind of made a little bit of a comment about it. So I want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, U.S. soccer team got a little bit of a couple of the guys. I thought they handled themselves pretty well in the press conference about Iran Mm -hmm. and how they were saying Iran Mm -hmm. of Iran. And then just, you know, that's how we say things here in America. Um, But I thought that, okay, I I don't want to say I'm siding with the Iranians on this one, but here's what I will say. I kind of like that someone called us out in our bullshit. I have no problem with it and the way that the captain of the team responded was respectful perfect and kind you could not have taught him to say that better and given the question that he was asked mm-hmm. which was a baiting question about how black people are treated in the u.s yep. given what's going on in iran in this you know the current state he handled it perfectly yeah, so people who don't know, um, it was an was it an Iranian journalist journalist that said and asked the question, saying, "Hey, because we're all pretty vocal about some of the things that are going on there. There's a lot of protests there, especially with women, and that was brought up." Then this Iranian journalist said, "Well, what about how in America the U.S. is treating black people?" Basically saying, hey, you're the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah. Which, look, let's be real. That's true. We don't treat minorities well in this country. No. We don't. And and I think it's really important that I thought how the captain of the team, how he handled that question was beautiful. Mm -hmm. He said, look, we have all made mistakes. We all continue to make mistakes, and we all need to do better. And you couldn't have handled it better. Yeah. But I do like that we need to get off our fucking high horse sometimes because we got problems here just like anywhere else. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I I think that that was 
I think it was the right thing to ask as well. I think that that was, I don't have a problem with that journalist asking that question. Oh, I have zero problem uh, journalists asking it. But if he were asked in return, he would completely deflect and not deal with what is going on with the Islamic Republic. So, you know, it's... I don't disagree at all. I, again, I, I fully agree with the questioning and why not when you've got that open opportunity, but... Yeah it's pretty fucking hypocritical at the same time. I, I don't disagree. I agree with that completely as well. But I do think it's important that we get called out in our bullshit too. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, the next thing I want to ask about, so you uh, you have a little history with Wisconsin. I do. Fandom. How do you feel about your new coach, since former Cincinnati coach Luke Fickle? I, I have... Honestly, I, um, you mentioned this as we were kind of running down our rundown for today. I didn't really pay attention to it. I was born in Wisconsin, lived outside of Madison for 10 years. Um, Camp Randall's awesome. Everyone should go and experience Camp Randall in person. That football program since, uh, I mean, Barry Alvarez was special. He yes. was really, really special. And now we've got old dude who had, where is he coaching now? Is it? Uh, Brett Bilma? Yes. Is he in Arkansas? Bilma, he went to Arkansas and now he left Arkansas. And he just left, Ar- he left to go to Arkansas purely for the money. Yeah. Uh, that was a money deal when he left. And then. He got fired at Arkansas, and Brent Bilma went to the Patriots and coached there for a couple of years, and he but he's back in, out and doing well. He's he he's back in the college game though now, yes. and he's I want to say he's back in the Big Ten. I believe I believe it is. Is it Illinois? Can you say that? Let me see. Yes, he's in Illinois now. Yes, he took Illinois. over for Levy Smith after Levy Smith got fired. Yes. Um. So, I mean, they've struggled. And if, if they can be successful, I'm all for it. But I don't have any kind of feeling around the head coach. I will say this. I agree with you. But I have a feeling about this coach. Okay. This is a great fucking hire. Yay. This is a great fucking hire. This guy is going to be successful. This guy's a great coach. This guy went to the college football playoff with Cincinnati. Okay. This guy is the reason Cincinnati is a good program. It's he's a big hand in why the why the University of Cincinnati is going to the Big 12. Okay. He is going to do great in Wisconsin. Now the thing about Wisconsin in my view Wisconsin and I heard Bomani Jones say something about this last week and it was really smart way you put it. He was saying that the biggest problem in college football when it comes to like getting coaches and where you think you are, and he was using Auburn as the example. Mm-hmm. He was saying that you want to be as good as your biggest rival. So last year, I'm an LSU fan. Last year, we had to hire a new coach. We had to go get somebody big. It had to be a big name. It couldn't be someone that wasn't a big name. It couldn't sure. be some hot young guy. It had to be someone that was going to be because what LSU wants to be is Alabama. Auburn's going to do the same thing right now. They just hired a coach, but their biggest rival is Alabama. They want to be Alabama. Right. 
Wisconsin wants to be Ohio State and Michigan. Right. They don't realize that they're, that they're the second level. I mean, they're Penn State, Wisconsin, Nebraska's in the next level down. They just went and hired <laughs> – they just went and hired a coach, but their expectation in Nebraska is that they're going to be on that next level sooner than later. By hiring Matt Rule, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Matt Rule's a good hire there. But I'll tell you right now, Wisconsin hired a better coach than Nebraska did. Fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. This guy would have been the coach anywhere he wanted. He would have been LSU's coach if he wanted to last year. But he didn't want to leave Cincinnati in the middle of the playoff. Good for him. And I think that this is a great hire for Wisconsin. And now the coaching carousel has started. Yes. You know, Nebraska has hired Matt Rule. Wisconsin's hired Luke Fickle. Auburn hired. Hugh Freeze. Auburn hired Hugh Freeze. I, do you know the story of Hugh Freeze? I know bits and pieces. All right, I'm going to tell the story of Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze became the head coach at Old Miss a number of years ago. And if you remember, they got um, Robert Mdichke, who was the number one recruit in the nation. They got him the first year that uh, that he was there at, at Ole Miss. They yep. beat Alabama. He beat Alabama twice. And then my man got fired because he was using a cell phone given to him by the university call escorts oh that's right okay do you remember how it came about that that information got out no okay so the coach before him was houston nutt and houston nutt was suing the university of mississippi over wrongful termination yeah and as part of an open records um uh what they call it open record search that he asked for a request yeah a FOIA request that information got out that Hugh Freeze had used his phones for this. And all of a sudden, Ole Miss had to fire him. Yep. So Hugh Freeze takes a year off. He doesn't even go to he didn't even go to Nick Saban's rehab center. He just went straight to the one place that's gonna hire a sexual deviant who's gonna use state phones to call escorts, and that's Liberty. Yes, that Liberty University, where they hold themselves in high regard, although nobody else holds them in that regard. Falwells have created their own little thing. Jerry, Jerry Falwell Jr. decides he's going to hire Hugh Freeze. These guys are these guys are two peas in a pot. Hugh Freeze goes to Liberty. He did a great job. He did. He got a young quarterback who happens to be playing in the NFL now, named Malik Willis. Mm-hmm. Who's now playing for the Tennessee Titans? They won a shitload of games. They were mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. And now he's he's rehabbed now because he went to the we went to the Holy Roller School. And you know how they get down at Auburn because you've lived in Alabama. They think yeah. they're that kind of school too, don't they? No, they're 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 a little Holy Roller there. No, they? not as much as you think they are. Oh, okay. Well, they, they maybe. It may be Bible Belt on both sides of Alabama and Auburn, but they're not as righteous as you might think they would be. They're a state school. Yeah. Well, they went and got themselves Hugh Freeze. Because Lane Kiffin turned them down. 
Yeah, I I don't think Lane Kiffin's ever taken that job. Lane Kiffin played that smart. He he went in and said, "Look, I'm interested. I'll talk to you." He got a raise at Old Miss for the third time in three years. Now he's one of the top ten paid coaches in America, and he gets to stay at Old Miss where. The expectation at Old Miss is not what the expectation at Auburn is. No. Do you know in the SEC West, the only school to not go to the SEC championship game in football is Old Miss? Doesn't surprise me. Even with Peyton Literally. or with Eli Manning having been the quarterback yeah. there, it's not yeah. surprising. So it, it's funny because they've, you know, they, they, they haven't been good, and their expectation is not to be a top ten team or to right. compete with Alabama. That is, they want to be Mississippi State every year. They like, to beat, they like to beat LSU once in a while. I don't know. I question that. I mean, they did have a run the last within the last ten years with Pedelec Williams and all that kind of stuff. That I'm talking about. I'm talking about, about Ole Miss, not not Alabama. Oh, oh not Auburn. Auburn. Yes. No, Auburn, okay. Auburn thinks they're Alabama. Auburn wants to compete with Alabama. They absolutely want to compete. Yes. Yes. That is, that's what I'm saying is that Lane Kiffin looked at this and said, I'm not going over there. I can stay here, make, make better money or the same money, a lot less expectation. And I got just as good a chance to win. Well, I mean, he dealt with USC. He knows what it's like. And if you don't want to yeah. do it, you don't want to do it. Yeah, and he was at Tennessee for a little while. He understands yep. what's the expectation in the SEC. He's at the easiest SEC job. Yeah, I mean, he was he was on Saban's staff at Alabama. I mean, he, he knows, knows it all. Yeah, he knows the score. So, um, yeah, it, it looked like it was a two-man race, and I think it was Hugh Freeze the whole way. Um, I know that Dion kind of put his hat in the ring there for the uh, – well, Bo Jackson I, never heard, I never heard anything about Deion. Bo, Bo Jackson was trying to get Dion hired. There was a group that Bo Jackson was with trying to get him hired, but Dion's not going out. No. We'll talk about Dion in a second, too. He's on our list today. So, yeah, um, but I don't think – I getting hired at Auburn, you better get paid because it's going to be a bad divorce. It's like dating a stripper. You better have some fun because it's never going to end well. No, but I think it was interesting to hear as part of the negotiations that Auburn's athletic department was like, Cadillac has to remain on staff. Yeah. He's, he's currently their interim coach. Yeah. Um, or was until, you know, the, the end of the Iron Bowl last week. But I found that to be encouraging from a certain extent. And so we'll see. Um, all right. Did we get into the Washington Commanders yet? Well, are we going to stay in college football and talk yeah, about Yeah, let's stay in college for a couple minutes. We'll come back to the Commandos in a minute. A um, couple last college football things. One, you shared this. I hadn't seen this until you shared it on Twitter. So uh-huh. Mizzou. Good old Mizzou is ducking KU. Supposedly, yeah. Based on um, an article by uh, Brett Murphy claiming that they had basically gone to the bowl committee and said, we would prefer not to play KU. 
Um, evidently, there's some reasoning that uh, Mizzou is playing Kentucky at home in basketball that night, the day of the Liberty Bowl, which is the projected bowl game for these guys. And perhaps they wanted to make sure that they had a big enough crowd to watch Mizzou get their ass kicked by Kentucky. Um, otherwise, it's just really weird. Now, the official Missouri Twitter handle for the university has denied this report, but it's just hilarious to me yeah. being a KU grad hitting Mizzou, talking yeah. a lot of shit to cousins who actually currently go to Mizzou over last week. Um, it's really pitiful. <laughs> so it's funny to me because about a month ago, a, a friend of both of ours, a high school friend of both of ours, actually tweeted that he thought Mizzou would play KU in the Liberty Bowl. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Mizzou still needed two wins to get the six wins. And I went, Mizzou's not going to win two games. Yeah. And they got in by the skin of their teeth. In the last, last game of the season. Somehow they beat Arkansas. I don't know how they beat Arkansas, but they did. And that got them into a 6-6 six and six record. Mm-hmm. And so Mizzou, it, it was it was going to be a likely Mizzou KU matchup, but Mizzou is ducking KU. They just don't want that, and, and it's not like they just don't want it from a on the field piece. I mean, I don't know. I like to think that KU is a better football team than Mizzou right now, mm-hmm. but at least I know that it would be competitive, and KU be the likely winner. Just because I think there's a couple little better athletes in the KU side. Sure. I think it's just the demoralization thing if Mizzou were to lose to KU, being there in the SEC and everything else. The border war is coming back in a few years. They do have a four-game schedule slated over, I believe, a seven-year period or something like that for football. But, again, it's just funny to me that they're like, "Eh, no. The last college football piece I have has to do with the coach. And I've, I've, I've shared this on our Facebook page already. Uh, so if you're on Facebook, go to the Coach Bono's Show po- podcast page. We shared an article from The Athletic that shows that has Deion Sanders named as the Athletics Sportsman of the Year. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about it because um, Deion is a guy who right now we, we've We've seen he's been offered a couple different jobs now. He's at Jackson State right now. Yep. And he's done a fantastic job. He's been getting recruits at this place. He's had like five-star recruits that would never go to an HBCU, go into an HBCU because he's the coach. And they're undefeated this, guy, this season. They're undefeated. They're going to a bowl game. They are he, – he has done a, an incredible job with this program. And whether it was youth ball or high school ball, um, now in college, the HBCU level, this guy is successful. Players like winning. Players like playing for him. They win. And he seems to build better people. Mm -hmm. He's not, you know, Deion Sanders is a guy that people know because he had the, the prime time. You know, he was prime time. Yeah. And Deion is someone you either like him or you don't like. Mm-hmm. But, and now he's Coach Prime. <laughs> I like that. I do like Coach Prime. Look, Coach Prime can coach. And he has some swag to him. 
And I see nothing wrong with this. And I actually love it. I was talking to somebody who was like, man, this ain't right. We shouldn't have coaches acting this way and behaving this way. And I was like, the kids like it. The kids relate to that. And he's teaching them to be better men as well. Like, you know, so Dion's up for the Colorado job. Yep. South Florida. And the third one was, do you recall I had it? I do not. I mean, those are the two big ones that have been confirmed. Cincinnati, the Cincinnati job, the one yeah. that just came open, Luke Fickle's job. He is going to take one of those three jobs. My guess is he takes South Florida or Cincinnati. Um, I know he's been offered the Colorado, and Colorado's waiting on him. Colorado yeah. is not talking to anybody else. They want no. Dion. And if they get him, it's a great way to make over your program. It's a matter of does Coach Prime want to coach in the mountains? Um, I don't see a problem. I think it's a great hire for any of those three schools. Yeah, it's it's interesting because he was in the running for CU when the last opening was. He didn't get it. Um, it has come to light, I believe, today that with the USF position, he has said that if he gets the job, he wants to be heavily involved in the stadium remodel, which yeah. is on the board down at USF. Curious what he would do in Cincinnati to try to parlay that power play, but he's going to come into whichever program with a handful of money, you know, just shit ton of money in his pocket yeah. and a lot of control around the program that most coaches I don't think are going to have. And so it's going to be interesting to see how ADs manage that. Yeah. I think it's a home run hire for any of those three schools. Mm -hmm. I think any of those three schools would be lucky to have him. I think he's a great coach for Cincinnati going to the Big 12. Yeah. For USF, you're in Tampa. That's a great place to recruit. Yep. And you're going to be, you know, in that conference. Then with Colorado, you're in the Pac-12. And for now, you probably, you might end up moving to the Big 12 at some point. But you have some excitement. You want to build excitement. That's the guy. Yeah. I mean, there's to me, if you're Colorado, there's only two guys you can hire. Deion Sanders and um, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Why can't I? I can oh, Eric Bieniemy, who got Bien-Ami. passed over also passed over the last, the last time. Eric Bieniemy is a Colorado grad. Yes. Um, it's one of those two to me. If you don't hire one of those two guys, you're fucked up. Um. But and I don't know that Dion will take the job, but if he does, it's a home run hire. And this guy, what's really interesting, should he end up out here? And I think the same thing would be true in either Cincinnati or Tampa, given the NFL adjacent locations, Mm -hmm. he will get a lot of his buddies involved because so many former players, the Broncos still live out here. Their kids go to school here. You know, I'm sure that, well, it might not be so much true in Cincinnati, but I'm sure it is in Tampa that it would be an interesting kind of recruiting streamline and coaching that he could pull from possibly as well. Yeah, I mean, hell, Ed McCaffrey was the coach for the University of Northern Colorado until he got fired uh, last week. Yeah. Is, you know, is, is he pulling... 
Ed McCaffrey in as a receivers coach or a running back coach? Like, wouldn't that be fascinating at CU? Well, yeah, if you look in the Pac-12, there's not that many big name coaches. I mean, Lincoln Riley's a great coach. But they're going to the Big Ten. And they're going to the Big Ten. Yeah. And then you've got, I mean, Oregon, Washington, they have good coaches. UCLA's coach, Chip Kelly's the biggest name. But they're also going to the Big Ten. They're going, well, they're going to the Big Ten. So it's like, yeah. okay, that's it. I mean, that's Dion's the guy. Yeah. I, I think it's really cool to see how Dion has a Dion, Coach Prime, whatever you want to call it, is done his thing. And I, I'm really happy for him because it's, you know, it's reinventing himself in a way that this was the guy that did the primetime thing to make himself famous because he was so talented in college and through his playing career. But he understood that, hey, if I'm going to be taken seriously in my post-playing career, I'm going to have to do some things. Yeah. And I think what he's done has been fantastic. Agreed. So I just I was glad to see that he got some – Love from the athletic. All right. Um, we're going to transition. We're going to get to the NFL and a few other little points first, but you know what we got to do. We got to do our picks for this week, and we got to do uh-huh. that thanks to Caesar Sportsbook. So uh, let me get my notes. I had them. There we go. Now, since we did not have a point five last week, our numbers have stayed the same. Okay. Ellen, you're sitting at eight, six, and one for the season. I'm 11, four and one, 11, 14, and one. Okay. Well, we're running out of weeks, so I got to make a catch up here. So, first off, do you have a pick for us this week? And if so, what is it? I have two picks. Two. Oh. Two. And I'm going with college conference championships, and I am taking okay. both USC and K State straight up to win. Money line, both of them. There's your parlay, folks. All right. I am not picking college football playoff, college football championship games this week. Um, I do like both those picks, by the way. I like them both. Thanks. Which means, of course, now they're going to be bad. Okay. Um, but I'm going with two NFL picks this week. And let me get this over, make sure I got this right. So uh, my first pick is Sunday morning, the New York Jets at the Minnesota Vikings. The Jets have been hot. I loaded up on the Jets last week in, per, in, my, in my own private thing, and it was great. But I think that Minnesota's got this at home. Yeah. Minnesota is a three-point favorite. I think this is either going to be a push or the Vikings are going to win it by more than three. I don't see the Jets getting any closer than that. So I'm taking the Vikings minus three at home against the Jets. Okay. Now, the team – that we're going to talk a little more about this team in a couple minutes, but the team that has been hotter than donut grease and no one realizes it is a team that's won five of the last six and seven of the last seven against the spread. The commandos, the Washington commandos at the giants laying two and a half. The commandos are going to go all up, all up on the giants. I'm taking the commandos. So there's my two picks this week. Excellent. So, so there you go. Make yourself some money. Go to Caesar Sportsbook. Check out the show notes. You can get into the link from there to go to Caesar Sportsbook. You'll get your first bet back 
free if you lose up to $1,250 plus a $50 bonus when you first deposit when you book at Caesar Sportsbook. So we thank them for sponsoring the podcast and sponsoring our contests. So only two picks in this week. The college, I wanted to pick up on the college game, but just. You wanted to pick the Tulane game and just couldn't bring yourself to do it. That's part of it. It's four points that's moved from two to four. I wanted to pick LSU plus the points. I just, they, the Georgia and Michigan games were games I wanted to pick, but I don't know that Georgia's going to cover 17 against LSU. And 16 is a lot of points for a running team in Michigan. So, yeah, those are my picks this week. So i got to write these down so I have it in my notes. <laughs> I have them on one note but not on the other. And speaking of the commandos, my pick this week, this organization cannot get out of its own goddamn way, can it? No, and it doesn't care to, as long as Dan Snyder owns it. And his wife. Okay. Frankly, that front office doesn't give a fuck. This team decided and made a big deal out of they were going to unveil a statue of Sean Taylor. Now, look, I'm gonna be real blunt. I was a big fan of Sean Taylor. This guy was <laughs> fucking awesome. You know how Sean Taylor died, right? Yes. He died in his home. When someone came in to rob his home, he was protecting his family. He was shot and killed. Yeah. This is the same guy that last year they brought his family in to celebrate Sean, Sean Taylor's life. And when they did, they put a honorary thing on the side of, like on the field, on the side of the field. Yeah. And the big deal was that Jackson Mahomes was walking all over it, taking selfies <laughs> on it and, they didn't rope the thing off. They didn't say this is kind of a sacred area for today. Right. It, it could have been done a lot, but I'm not blaming Jackson Mahomes. He's an idiot who's lucky I didn't kill him a couple months, a few months ago. I'll tell that story later. So, um, but the funny thing is, is that it's not funny. They, they did this. They could have done this a whole lot better the first time. They could have roped this thing off. Yeah. This is what we're going to do. We're going to have this area as a monument to Sean Taylor. They fucked that up. Then they said we're gonna we're gonna have a statue of Sean Taylor. Mm-hmm. Did you see the statue? It isn't a statue. It's, it's a statue. uniform hanging. Yes, it is a clear mannequin with his uniform, and it's not even his uniform. It's like one era Washington jersey, one era, different era pants, different era helmet. It was ridiculous. It's not like it's in, it just happened to have Sean Taylor's number on it. Yeah. This was the most maddening thing I've seen. I mean, how tone deaf. I mean, how can you, it's better to do nothing than to do what they just did. It, um, you know, we have seen over the last, what, 20 plus years of Dan Snyder ownership that these folks just have no insight into the human condition unless it benefits them. And that's relative to their football team, to the cheerleaders, to their office staff, whomever. And this is just another example of them being completely tone deaf and blind to what they could have done. 
That is so well put. Now, there is one silver light in the sky for the Commander's franchise. It has nothing to do with their front office or any of those fools. Uh-huh. And I just got to tip the hat to Coach Ron Rivera. He's done fantastic. He's done a fucking fantastic job. This team has won six out of seven after opening the season one and four. They have covered a spread in all seven games. Um, they've played their way into a playoff spot. Uh-huh. Um, somehow, Coach Rivera has closed the doors of the locker room where none of the other noise in the building matters. And that just tells me this guy can just flat fucking coach. He yeah. can keep a group of men together, united. And a football team in the NFL is the hard, one of the hardest groups of men to put together. Because you've got so many different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes in, and, and we know that Ron Rivera is a little more right-leaning, but it, it even works with you know a lot of his left-leaning guys, if you want to call it political-wise, or you know, he's he he he's a guy who can stand in the middle and everyone can believe in. Mm-hmm. And that's very rare. And it was the reason he was hired for this team. Right. He was there to be the, the, the to be the person in the middle to take care of this franchise to to be the the glimpse of hope. Yeah, he's done a fantastic job, and I think that it goes without saying that he's. I don't know how he's done it. Um, you know, they've this this team lost their franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. They've played Tyler Heineke, who frankly is better. Um. I think that Taylor, Taylor Heineken is the quarterback moving forward. I don't think it's going to be Carson Wentz next season. Okay. I would be shocked if Carson Wentz is the quarterback of his team next year. Um, beyond shocked, actually. Uh, this commander's team is going to play their way into the playoff. They're already the, they're already the seventh seed. And it's funny because we got three teams battling for the last two playoff spots. The commanders, the Giants, the Seahawks. Okay. If the 49ers win the West. So uh-huh. Uh, which it looks like they will. So if you take those three into account, someone's going to come back in the um, in the pack. I think that's the Giants. I think the Giants have just played way over their heads. They've played outstanding. Their coach may be a coach of the year candidate as well. Uh-huh. The Commanders are a better team. They're getting their best player back in Chase Young, and their their uh, schedule lines up pretty good. The Commanders play the next two games against the Giants. They've got a bye week in the middle. They got the 49ers. It's going to be a tough game. The Browns and the Cowboys. So they're going to control their own destiny. Uh-huh. If you win the two Giants games, you'll have a tiebreaker on them. And if you can beat the Cowboys the last week of the season, you have a chance of leapfrogging them. Right. So I don't think they'll do that. I think the Cowboys are a better team. But I, I wanted to say some of all the stuff going on with the commanders, I thought it was important to say congrats and tip the hat to Ron Rivera. I think he's done a fantastic job. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, he's overcome that four-game losing streak. That was a lot of that was Carson Wentz, to be perfectly frank. Mm-hmm. That guy was fucking terrible. <laughs> I would, I wouldn't let that guy. I would let that guy play quarterback on a college team right now. So, so fuck him. Okay. Right. In other NFL news, do we need to talk about the Jerry Jones photo? 
I, I mean, I know what it is. I don't know as though we really need to talk about it. I don't want to get too far into it. All I want to simply say is I don't think this is nefarious. A photo came out of Jerry Jones when he was like 15 years old outside of his high school when it was being um, integrated. He is not picketing. He's not uh, harassing anybody in this photo. He is standing there looking like a 15-year-old kid going, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Now, People will say because he doesn't have the best track record of some things he's done when it comes to, you know, our black and brown friends. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is an indict- in- in- indictment of this. I think that's a little bit too far. And I'm not trying to make excuses for Jerry Jones. I'm just saying, look, at a 15 year old kid. Like, you know, I think those things are taught, but it isn't like he's throwing tomatoes at anybody. You know, it's, it's nothing he didn't do anything in this picture. He's just. No. Yeah. But as I said to you, it wouldn't surprise me. No, I, I again, I, I, I believe that. Yeah. And this guy does not, does not have a great track record of making hires in the black and brown community. So I'll just right. say it that way. It's a nice way of putting it. Yeah. So uh, we get to have fun with this last couple of things here. Um, Kanye. Oh, you just closed your eyes like, oh, fuck. I'm not going to talk about what all Kanye did on What's His Nuts' is fucking TV or, or whatever that thing on is. On InfoWars with Alex yeah. Jones yesterday? Yeah. yeah, I don't even want to use the guy's name. We're not going to dignify that fucking guy. But what he did do was he, he did throw something, some shade at somebody. Uh, according to Kanye, Chris Paul had an affair with Kanye's ex, Kim Kardashian. You know, it's, I saw the tweet and what he did is he cropped as a team photo, Chris Paul, I'm not sure which team that's from, but you see Diallo's name above Chris Paul. And so folks who have no idea who Chris Paul is, are wondering if he's Diallo. I almost feel worse for Cheek Diallo than I do for Chris Paul. Okay, and, and I'm yeah, I'm not, I'm still trying to figure out what all's going on here. What I will say, as a happily married man, and you know my wife, if I had a chance at Kim Kardashian for a night, I'd take that shot. Why? She Why probably sucks in bed. You, you may be right. You may be right. But at least if I had a shot, I'm taking the shot. I don't know, man. I. She is someone who I think has created such a physical and, Uh you know, whatever persona of some sort of sexiness that I can see her being a flat board in bed. I I totally agree with you. I I never watched the sex tape to begin with, so I don't know. I never have either, but I, I would at least have to try. Congrats. You know, I mean, you gotta, if, you, if, if the shot is open and you can take it, you take the shot. She's not my style. No, and, she, and, and a lot of her is fake and plastic and put together. In the way. That's not someone I'd want to be in a relationship with at all. Oh, no. I mean, I wouldn't even want to make out with her. No. Well, okay. Um, the other funny thing I wanted to share was, did you see the tweet yesterday I retweeted on the Coach Photos podcast Twitter? Like, movie coming out? Like, Cocaine bear. Yes. 
Let's talk about Cocaine Bear for a minute. Did you see this trailer? I did. Um, this is going to be fun. Mr. Michael Brady had brought it to my attention, and then I finally caught it yesterday afternoon when things slowed down for a hot second. Yeah. And it's glorious. It is based off of actual events. And oh. it has stre- been stretched probably to the nth degree. Yeah. And very little of the actual truth probably resides in that movie. Yeah. But yeah. it looks amazing. So as I understand from the trailer, a plane is being followed by the DEA or the FBI or something, and they dump cocaine, packs of cocaine, into this forested area near Knoxville, Tennessee. Yes, and this is and, this actually this is, happened. This happened. This is what it's based off of. Well, then... As part of this, we see a little girl finds a bag of cocaine and it's been torn open. Mm-hmm. We come to find out that a bear has eaten the cocaine. There and is- this also actually happens. And so this bear, if you if you watch the trailer, this is going to be horrifically glorious um, and fun. This is not going to win any Oscars. But God damn it, this might be fun to watch. A cocaine-fueled bear attacking people in the forest. This is why I'm not an outdoorsy person like that. I, I ain't I fucking with a cocaine bear. I don't blame you. Um, I mean, we know for a fact that a plane dumped a bunch of cocaine that they were smuggling. We know that a bear overdosed eventually from ingesting said cocaine as they did the autopsy on the bear to find the cocaine. Um, and the rest of the movie is just, I believe, I haven't read too many close accounts, but I believe is just being very creative. Yes. Of what it comes sounds like it's between, one of those fun kind of popcorn things. Yeah. Yes. Dumping of the cocaine and the bear dying, and it's carnage everywhere. Yeah. I, I, I want to see this. Oh, I can't wait to see it. I, I'm going to have to see this movie. So, cocaine bear is coming. Looking forward to it. Hell with him. I, I. What would you do if you saw a cocaine bear? Hope that I could run fast enough on my surgically repaired knee to get the fuck out of there. But bears can run faster than us, so I'd probably be sh- screwed. Yeah. Well, you don't have to run faster than the bear. You just got to run faster than the person you're with. Fair enough. But if I'm alone, we learn from the trailer. Bears climb trees. <laughs> Here's countries. <laughs> bear can't climb a tree. Oh, this bear can climb a tree. Yeah, man. Uh, I just want to see a bear on cocaine now. That should be like that should be like at one of those like traveling circuses. Oh shit! No. Gentlemen, the cocaine bear. <laughs> no poor bear. You know I. It, it seems like something you'd see in a Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, um, but we'll stick. Jackie in the, Moon wrestles the cocaine bear. We'll we'll stick with the pretend times of pseudo real events. So, All right. last thing I was going to mention, you mentioned you watched some of the soccer on Telemundo. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about this on Saturday, on Sunday. We were watching. Actually, it was Thursday night. We were watching the NBC had the late game on Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. And no Chris Collinsworth. They had Mike Tirico with 
uh, Jason Garrett and um, Tony Dungy. Okay. Which wasn't any better than having Chris Collins. And I looked at Jen and I said, baby, I'm going to learn. I, I know a little bit of Spanish. I'm going to go ahead and just full on learn Spanish this next, next season, this next summer, spring, summer. I'm going to learn Spanish. She says, why? I said, because I'm going to watch Sunday Night Football next year on Telemundo. All you have to do is put the subtitles on and you don't have to learn any Spanish. Well, I didn't think of it that way. But I think <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just do that. I think I'm just going to go ahead. I mean, I don't need to learn a little more Spanish anyway. I, I know a little bit. I can understand quite a bit. I can't speak it very well. Uh, I comprende more than I habla. But um, I, I did try it during the second <laughs> half of Sunday's game. On Peacock, it was it was pretty glorious. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I on, on Peacock, I turned on the Telemundo, and I didn't have to listen to Chris Collinsworth. So I talked to Uncle Rico about it. Yeah, on yeah. Uh, it was Tuesday afternoon, we talked for a minute, and I said, "What's it like?" Because he can watch it that way. And you know, obviously, Uncle Rico speaks speaks Spanish; it's his native uh-huh. language. And he says, "Yeah." He says, yeah. The, "The best part of it is no, you don't have to deal with Collinsworth, and two he said, the, bad, the downside is there's a lot of um, descriptions that you can't translate, so they use the English words anyway. Sure. You're like, sure. Don't ch- you don't change touchdown. Right. Or possession or something like that. I mean, there's, there's certain words they use the English word. But then he said they also, the analyst doesn't quite get his analytical. Yes. Which makes sense. I mean, it's like they have a former player up there doing stuff. But I was like, that might be okay for me. I, I'm gonna have to, to watch. Yeah, so I don't I blame you. To, I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna learn more Spanish this off season and I'm going to really get after it. I may have to get a Rosetta Stone or something like that. And Duolingo, whatever. I've tried Duolingo, it's where I learned a lot of my stuff. Because I, I learned stuff when we were young and I didn't use it for years. Then I started using it working in restaurants, and then you get away from it. I've used Duolingo. I probably will use it more, but I might go ahead and Rosetta Stone and just go a full on, see if I can go, go be full on uh, fluent because I think it'd be fun first off. Obviously, it could be somewhat needful business wise in certain points in my life. And then also, sure. I don't have to deal with Chris Collinsworth anymore. And I think that might be the best reason. No complaints from my end. Yeah, so. All right. Anything else you want to add this week? Anything you got going on? Or? Nope. Like you said, I've got, uh, I now have a teenager in the house. My son turned 13 yesterday yep. on the first. Um, Shout out to Nicholas. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, other than that, we're just cruising. Does he listen to the podcast? No. Oh, good. Okay. My, my kid does. I have to be careful about what I say. No, no. Uh, he now doesn't. you got a 13 year old. You know what's coming, right? Uh, there's too many things that I know are coming. And so I just, I'm glad that he does his own laundry. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's a great way of doing it. We did it with Peyton that way. Yeah. So um, yeah. Otherwise we're just, we're cruising on heading toward the, the rest of the holiday season. And hopefully everyone's doing pretty okay. Yeah. All right. How about you? Um, we're doing all right. The uh, last thing I want to do, I, wanted, I was going to shout out Nicholas for his birthday. So oh, thank you. As a, to my buddy over there. And then also, I do want to shout somebody out. And I want to shout out my good friend, Sarah Dingus at Stone Creek Accounting here in Lawrence. I don't know, you know this, because you're my legal counsel. 
but I have been under IRS audit for three years. I have not been shy about talking about this, but I don't bring it up on the podcast. We had on Tuesday, a six hour meeting in which we did our appeal. Mm-hmm. We won. <gasps> Yay. Uh, they are reassessing everything and we are going to save hundreds of thousands of dollars. That is uh, fantastic. Congratulations. A lot of my stress in this world has gone away this week. Oh. I had a rough Monday and Tuesday was at the end of it. I feel like I was going through a colonoscopy with no sedation. I'm sure. I mean, I was, it was line. We went through line fucking yeah. item after item. And she fought so hard for me. And I just want to shout her. I have known Sarah for seven or eight years. And she's been my accountant for that whole time. And I recommend clients to her. I recommend mm-hmm. friends and family and everybody I can to her. Uh, she works with people around the country. She works with you anywhere. Um, she's fantastic. And she has literally saved me so much money. But she's also been a great defender. And that has been so awesome. Again, for three years, we've been going through it. It puts stress on me. It puts stress on my wife. It puts stress yeah. on our relationship. And to know we're at the end of the tunnel and we're going to come out a lot better off than we thought we were. Yeah, uh-huh. I could not have done it without her. So I want to say thank you to Sarah Dingus. For folks who do listen, a few people that listen know her from, uh, from our past and a lot of us who are in a networking group together. She's fucking fantastic. So if you are looking oh. for an accountant at some time, Give her a call. You can go to oagks.com, my website, and hit contact us, and I'll give you her information. She is fucking fantastic. So I'm so thrilled to hear that. And congratulations to both you and Sarah for getting through it. Yeah, I mean, we we owed on Monday morning, I owed the IRS $160,000. Mm-hmm. Don't have my final number, but it's going to be somewhere around 15. Amazing. Congratulations. Zero problem with writing a check for like it's gonna be I won't be able to write that check fast enough. Right. Congratulations. Uh, I'm so glad that this is yeah. wrapped up. It is wrapping up for three and a half. It's been literally three and a half years. And it's yeah. just been phenomenal to get through it. So I wanted to shout her out. Um, you know, it's one of those things I actually had a client ask me about it on two Wednesday. Client said, Should I be worried that you're under IRS audit? And I was like, No, we just I got audited because one year we took more deductions as a business than we had before or after. Right. And that's what did it. And they're like, oh, I was like, yeah, it's something nefarious. And it, what's sad about it is that you, you someone like me, I mean, I make a modest, I make a good living, but I make a mm-hmm. modestly good living. And I get through this and have to spend thousands of dollars to defend myself when there's millionaires who just keep this thing going and go. Millionaires. And go. And, and, and yeah, and they just keep the thing moving. We know one very famously became president and was in an audit for 10 years and just kept it moving and kept it moving because he can continue to fight because he has money. I can't do that. No. So I was glad the good guy finally won. And that was yes. Nice. Congrats. Oh, yes. All right. Well, on my victory, we're going to get out of here on that. So. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. We want to say, I want to say first of thank you to Ellen. Good to have you back this week. We did not have a point five last week because it was a holidays and shit happens. Of course. So I was going to bring P money in, but we decided not to. Yeah, we decided to fine. enjoy the weekend instead. So it's good to uh, take. We want to shout out. 
I want to shout out Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox for all you do behind the scenes. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five-star review. Uh, I'll be back on, on Monday. We'll be back with our NFL review. Uncle Rico will be in for that. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. That is Ellen Wigginton. And have a great weekend. Remember, your time tokens are not in front. Take care, everybody.